Making News is a podcast about journalism and news literacy in Wisconsin and beyond. This is Making News. I'm Jane Hampton. I feel like you can just do a lot if you go to a small place and show that you want to do everything. It's great to have Corey Hess with me today. She's a reporter based in Milwaukee for Wisconsin Public Radio, but most of her career has been in print journalism, covering business and politics and criminal justice and other beats in southeast Wisconsin. Welcome. Thanks for taking time to talk. Thank you for having me. I want to hear about your transition from print to broadcast journalism, but starting before that, how did you get interested in journalism in the first place? I have always wanted to be a reporter. When I was a kid, I used to watch, this is dating myself a lot, but I used to watch 2020 on Friday nights with my mom and I wanted to be Barbara Walters. (laughs) I don't know why, I just thought, uh, I just thought it would be so cool to get to interview different people and learn different things. And of course I never went into TV, but I, I, it was just something I always wanted to do my whole life. Um, when I was a kid, I asked for one of those little tape recorders that had the tiny tapes. Remember those? Yes. And um, I got one and I used to run around the house and interview people and um, kind of do gotcha journalism in my own house. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my mom taught my sister to cook. And I never cared, which was a problem because I still don't know how to cook. But um, I just, I was always doing stuff like that. If I wanted a toy or something, I would type up all the reasons why I would look in the ads and, um, you know, pull all the ad copy and turn it into a story. I just, I, I was obsessed with it just from the time I can remember. Did you pursue journalism school then or go about it a different way? I did. So I, um, I went to UW-Whitewater. My parents didn't go to college and I was at my grandparents a lot when I was a kid. And my aunt and uncle were 11 and 13 years older than me. So they were around a lot and both of them went to UW-Whitewater. So uh, you might know this, but that school, a lot of the students go home on the weekends. So I would always drive with my grandparents to go pick them up. And so I always just figured, oh, I'll go to Whitewater. So when it came time to go to college, I just didn't really think about where to go. I just went to Whitewater. And while I was there, I majored in journalism and that was it. And then, um, because you had a love of broadcast and you wanted to be Barbara Walters, um, did you ever pursue anything in television or did you go straight to print after that? I didn't. I went straight to print. Another thing I always loved was writing. So when I was in high school, I took every single English class that I could. I grew up in Racine. And by the time you were a senior, you could have half days. And I, I liked school and I took you know, by that time, by the time I was a senior, I really didn't need that many more classes. And so for my half days, I just took all English classes. I was kind of a nerd. (laughs) Well, what was your first job? Well, when I was at Whitewater, I 
had a lot of jobs. I waitressed and bartended, but I also had a lot of journalism jobs. So I worked at the East Troy News and I worked, of course, at the Royal Purple, which is the Whitewater paper. But then one of my professors was a um, former Journal Sentinel reporter, Sam Martino. I think he worked at the Journal before the merger. And he probably saw my crazy enthusiasm. And so at the time, the Journal Sentinel had a Racine Bureau, and he connected me with another former editor there named Mike Julie. And I started writing for the Racine section. I actually covered Caledonia while I was in college. So I did that. So um, I, I was really busy in college, just trying to do all the journalism that I could. And then you worked for smaller newspapers, right? Kind of working your way up to bigger I, and bigger coverage. I did. I My goal was to get a job at a daily newspaper. And at the time there was, I think it still exists, but it's, you know, it's harder these days to, to get journalism jobs, unfortunately. Yeah. And but there was a website called journalismjobs.com and I put my resume on there and I got an email from a woman um, and she said that she, she saw my resume and she liked that I had been covering Caledonia for the Journal Sentinel. And she'd done something for the Journal Sentinel. I think she was with their community papers and she was in Kinston, North Carolina, which was in Eastern North Carolina, small town, she asked if I wanted to come up for an interview. And so I did, and I got the job. And so I moved to Kinston, North Carolina, right after graduation. My mom packed up our car and I drove with my mom and sister and my mom and grandmother followed us. And they stayed for a week. They helped me find an apartment. We bought everything that I needed. And then at the end of the week, they left and Monday morning, I started my job. It was pretty scary, but it was fun. It was the most fun I've had because in college, you know, I worked so much. I worked all weekend. I really didn't have a college experience because I was commuting and I was waitressing, bartending, working at three different journalism jobs. But that job was like a college experience to me because everyone in Kinston, North Carolina had come from somewhere else. So we just had so much fun. You know, I, I started that job the day after my 22nd birthday and it, it was a great time. Do you recommend that for students? Because oh. I don't you hear those stories a lot? You know, you go to a completely foreign place to you and learn about a new place and meet new people, but you are so far from home in Racine County. I can't recommend it enough. It was so much fun. I mean, I also just had such a great experience with what I got to cover. So I was hired to cover city government, but I got there a week after another reporter who had come from Mississippi <laughs> and they needed a city reporter really bad. So he got that beat and I got there and they said, well, you're going to cover cops and courts. So I thought, okay, well, how much cop reporting will I do here? Within my first week, I covered a murder-suicide and it was, it was pretty rough. I mean, it was a woman who had taken out a restraining order on her husband. She came out of the courthouse and he killed her and killed himself. And I mean, 
I had just turned 22. I didn't, it was surreal. And then while I was there, there were so many stories like that because it was just a small depressed town. I covered an execution, which was hard. And also it it was a, a good experience as a reporter. I got to cover congressional candidates and just because they came. My editor liked me because again, I was insane and enthusiastic and wanted to do everything. Which these are the kinds of stories that you're not gonna land necessarily if you start in Milwaukee. No, no. You know, I always just like, my whole dream was always like, get to the biggest paper, get, get, get. But then you, I feel like you can just do a lot if you go to a small place and show that you want to do everything. But you did eventually get back to Wisconsin. I'm sure your family was happy. I missed my family. My family is large. I mean, my mom had comes from a family of eight and I just was close to them and I wanted to get back. And so I did come back and I came back to actually work at the Waukesha Freeman. They had an opening and I just wanted to get back here. So I worked there. For a while, I worked at the Kenosha News, and then I eventually went to um, a paper in Illinois called the Daily Herald. They cover um, the Chicago suburbs. And at the time, I was hoping to to go to either the Chicago Sun-Times or the Chicago Tribune. A lot of people from the Daily Herald were going there, but everything started falling apart in newspapers. The recession was hitting and as everyone knows, newspapers were hit really hard. It was doubly hard. Uh, paper I was at had just bought a very large press and they were hoping to print for other papers. That all fell apart. Just things got rough. And I was commuting from Milwaukee to Illinois. I was starting to think about wanting a baby. Um, I'd got, you know, I'd gotten married during all of that time and I just couldn't do it commuting. Just different, you know, life starts to happen. So I switched to business journalism, where then I started working back in Milwaukee. And I did that for a long time. And I really liked it. Uh, I think that, you know, when you first hear business journalism, you think boring, but, (laughs) but it affects everybody's life. Yeah, I'd like to know more about that. I mean, this is your home state. And by then you knew a lot about Milwaukee and, and the whole region, but covering business stories and real estate and things like that. What specifically did you learn about different neighborhoods and places in your own home state that you didn't know before? Well, um, my first business journalism job, I covered healthcare, which I really like to do because I just learned how much healthcare affects everybody. I mean, it's not, it's like one of those beats where unless you're really in it, you think, oh, that's boring, Uh, you know, (laughs) but it isn't, it's fascinating. And if you don't have access, I mean, there's so many people that don't have access like you and I do. And then there, it just causes so many other issues. And Corey, isn't it a journalist's job too, to translate those things? And so, you know, because you're intimately familiar with what's going on in healthcare, but isn't it our job to make it interesting to other people? And then how do you do that? 
Well, it's our job to make it interesting and it's our job to make, I felt like, especially for a business audience, to make people care enough to see if the rest of the population isn't doing well, it affects the whole, you know, it kind of like the whole, you know, all boats rise kind of cliche, but it's like, if the city isn't doing well as a whole, we're not in a good place. If just a small sliver of the population is succeeding, we're not doing the right things. And I think we're seeing that more now that we've been through this pandemic for the last year, but I felt like kind of a duty while I was covering healthcare. And so it felt good to try to do those stories. But then like you brought up, I, I did cover real estate and that was fun. It was really competitive. The amount of real estate reporting in the city is amazing. To it's me. actually a really strong beat in Milwaukee. It is a strong beat. It was a crazy beat. And I was competing against- So it's you and Tom Dakin at the Journal Sentinel all the time. Yes. And he's good. And and Sean Ryan is good. And Jeremy at Urban Milwaukee, they're all good. And I was just like, oh, every day I would wake up and just be worried about what I had missed. (laughs) It was tough. So for the last couple of years, I mean, the switch from print and that rich experience that you had developed, the switch though from print to radio. There's the news gathering and news presentation. The writing is different. What was that like for you? Getting used to the writing was difficult. Right when I first started, I would turn in scripts because that's what it is. It's scripts and it would be all wrong. But the news gathering is the same. One thing that's difficult is I don't have an actual beat now. I'm the Milwaukee reporter which is fun because I can really cover anything, but it's also hard because one thing that I feel like I was good at in my previous jobs was sourcing. And one thing that I think is really important as a reporter is to develop a good source base, people that you can trust and they can trust you, people that you just are your go-to, go-to people for, for stories. Or even if you're just hearing a rumor, you know, you can call them and say, hey, is this, is there anything to this? Well, I have a question about that. So how do you, especially when you're looking at it from a student standpoint, um, it can be intimidating to start to develop a source list. So how do you go about that? It is intimidating. I think just reaching out to people, letting them know who you are, kind of proving yourself as someone who's trustworthy who won't burn them. If they say you're off the record, you're off the record. If they say it's on background, you know, I've always sort of taken that as, okay, you can try to go after that information to find it on your own, but can't be attributed to them. You know, just being really clear with what they want. And once you start proving yourself to your sources, they'll come back and you need sources. I've been a little bit lucky that I'm still covering Milwaukee because I know a lot of sources just from covering various beats, but it's hard sometimes because now I'll cover some stories that I haven't covered in the past. So it's like, hi, you know, like, and that's hard. It's also hard because I'm, I'm now doing things for a statewide audience. And so Milwaukee is the economic engine for the state. So I can 
usually we have a we have a news meeting every morning at 9:15 where we all pitch what we're working on and i could usually make a pretty good argument for why a Milwaukee story should be a statewide story but sometimes you know it's they say it's a little too local <laughs> a little too Milwaukee well what kinds of stories do fly in the morning meetings um well more fly than don't actually I've been able to cover things that the city council's doing that I wouldn't think would fly. The city's about to do a survey of residents to find out how their mental health is doing because of the pandemic. They, they took a story on that. I was kind of surprised. <laughs> but I think that was of interest maybe because the pandemic's really affected a lot of people. And so, I could resonate with others. Other stories that I've done, they're about, you know, transportation. They're about, I've unfortunately done this last year, a lot of stories about our issues in the city with the police department, uh, the the Black Lives Matter movement, what's been going on in Wauwatosa with their police department. I've done more crime stories than I would have really liked to in the last year. And one thing that I try to be really cognizant about when doing stories about Milwaukee is I feel like there's a perception outside of the city of Milwaukee. And I don't want to perpetuate that because Milwaukee is more than crime and Milwaukee is more than poverty. We have a great city here. We have a ton to offer. And so I, I want to make sure that people outside of the state realize that. And sometimes I see from the comments on our stories, and I know you're not supposed to read comments, and I try not to, but, <laughs> but just how people feel about the city and they don't live here. And I just don't want to feed into that. So that's something I really want to, to make sure we're not doing. And covering policing and and crime and protests in the last year has been unavoidable. But what are some of the kinds of stories that um, maybe you have been able to do in Milwaukee that show the diversity of the city or that somebody in a rural part of the state could relate to? Well, we just did one on, we did a feature on people that are living in the central city who have become developers and they're kind of giving back, they're doing very high-end affordable housing. And that really took off. I think people like to see the positivity with that. I was just out talking to everybody that's getting back into the arts because things are opening, you know, the ballet, the museums, Vicer Forum. And that was nice. Just talking to people who are really excited about the city reopening, but also talking about how cautious Milwaukee has been throughout the pandemic and how they've had more restrictions than the rest of the state. So there are a lot of bright spots here. (laughs) It's just, you know, unfortunately, it's a matter of finding the time to do those positive stories. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have a long list of story ideas that you try to prioritize the night before? I do. There are a lot. I also, part of what I've been covering too is Foxconn which has taken up a lot of time. Yeah, uh, tell me briefly about Foxconn. Um, and that's a story that you've covered as a print reporter and as, as a radio reporter. Um, 
in the beginning, it, it struck me as the kind of thing where reporters knew maybe a little bit more um, than the average news consumer about what was going on there. Now it seems like you and many reporters covering the story are just coming right out and saying, here's another plan. The last five haven't worked, being a little more straightforward in that coverage. Yeah, you know, I feel like in the beginning, it was really hard to get people to say anything about Foxconn that wasn't positive because it was political. So nobody would say anything or people were just really excited and they wanted to believe that this could happen. So now that it's been four years, almost four years of nothing really happening. I mean, some things have happened, but not at all to the scale of what we were told. People are much more willing to talk. And of course we have a new governor. So I just feel like now it's easier to get people to answer questions and, and say things. You also reported a story for NPR, and I just wanted to briefly talk about that because not only are you doing statewide stories, but national stories. And so mm-hmm. putting what's happening in Milwaukee um, or in Wisconsin in a national perspective, and that was a DNC story, wasn't it? Or at least the, the most recent one that I saw. What's it like what's... putting together a story for national public radio? Oh, it's really fun. It's exciting. It's a lot of work, <laughs> but it's cool to work with those editors and to hear their feedback and the pace of it is fast. (laughs) Do you mean turning the story or how they want the story? Well, turning the story is fast, but it's also just, I mean, the editing process is scary. You know, I mean, you read your script. That's one thing I just was not used to coming from print. You know, in print, you just send your story to an editor, you put it in a, you know, whatever program you're using, but you know this, but in radio, you read it out loud. (laughs) It's pretty like, it's like, oh my goodness, yikes. Well, you do that with NPR and then they start just kind of like barking out what needs to be changed so fast. Now, wait, when when you go through that process, are they changing the writing or they want to change your delivery? They want to change, you know, just like certain words. It's just so fast. (laughs) (laughs) You're just typing really fast. Everything is quick. And then they say, okay, give me another script in 15 minutes. And you're just, ah! (laughs) But it's fun. It's, It's really fun. And... Honestly, the best part is I've got family across the country, and then I've also have friends from where I've worked across the country. And you know, the next day or that later that afternoon, I will hear from them on Facebook or whatever, and they'll say, "I heard you," and that's that's cool. So now that you're a seasoned statewide and national radio reporter, are you glad you made the switch? Do you, do you like this new gig in a career where you've learned about so many aspects of reporting? I really like, I love, I love it because we have a website, which means that every day I still do a print story. Well, not print, web story. <laughs> and so I still get to do that part. But what I found with public radio is that 
hearing a quote is so cool. I mean, just hearing the people say it is amazing. I was, um, I mentioned that I was at the museum and, you know, doing this story about the ballet museums, Pfizer, everything opening. And I was at the public museum and I found this family who was there and they came from Northern Wisconsin. They just needed a break. And this was their vacation was to come to Milwaukee. And they had four kids. They were six, eight, 10, and 12. And I said, so why are you here? And all the kids yelled at the same time, we're going to kill each other. And it was just like, it was so great, you know, and getting that in a recorded moment, it was just, I was so excited, which then I wrote a web story and it just doesn't come across the same in a print form as kids screaming that they're going to kill each other. (laughs) (laughs) So I just, I never appreciated, even though I always listen to NPR, but I guess I never appreciated what you can do with sound. Well, Corey, thank you so much for taking time to share your experiences. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Making News is supported by the Digital Humanities Lab at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee.